I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. And I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could, and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming, I mean, it really is a dream come true. Oh, I'm home. God I'm home. On our mark, the Weatherby Podcast. All right, we're here. We're the day before grand opening, and it is June 12th, Wednesday, and in front of us, we have got uh, a very special man to the Weatherby family, the Weatherby brand, and we're very excited to have a conversation with you. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Dean Rumbaugh, and uh, been with, have, have been with Weatherby up to 57 years as of February 20th wow. of this year. Yeah, and I'm Kevin Wilkerson, the marketing director. Luke Torkelson, vice president of sales marketing, product development. And we are here. We're, we're super excited. Obviously, tomorrow's the grand opening, which yeah. is one of the reasons you drove. Did you drive here, Dean? Uh, we, f- we flew into uh, Yellowstone and had a couple oh. of days there and then drove over here. How was that? How was Yellowstone? Oh, it was fantastic. Have you been there before? Uh, as a child, yes. Yeah. <laughs> as an adult, no. But no, it was wonderful. I had cool. a great time. Was it, pretty, was it pretty busy? Oh, it was terribly busy. We sat in traffic rolling at four mile an hour. Oh, man. Uh, School just got okay. out, and it, I bet. Well, and then it was the, the game. The buffalo crossing the roads, yeah. the various wildlife. Oh, really? Everyone's trying to take pictures of. So it was an exciting event, but uh, somewhat frustrating as far as the driving aspect. Did you guys drive up to Bozeman and uh, over to Billings? We flew into Bozeman and uh, rented and then went down on the west side uh-huh. into Yellowstone. Galton Gateway? Yes. Yeah. 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 Went in there, uh, spent one night there, went into the park, went out, went back in the following day, and then we worked our way over to Cody uh, last night. Yeah. And then drove in. Perfect. Uh, this right way. over the Bighorn Mountains. Yes, and beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. beautiful. Right now, it's it gorgeous. Fit. Oh, and yeah. You, and gorgeous. you did that with your wife, right? Yes, I okay. did. Yeah, my cool. wife, Judy. Yeah. Correct. That's great. Well, we're glad That's you're great. here. And really, we just want to dive into, we all talk about you all the time here. We really do. Oh, and in, in a really you. great way. Um, <laughs> you're a legend. But you <laughs> are a legend in this office. <laughs> oh, and we have people come up to us all the time. NRA show, SHOT show, anywhere we go, they go, hey, hey, how's Dean doing? We, I, I, multiple, multiple times that's yeah. happened to me. So yeah. it's awesome to sit down and chat with you. And within that, just let's dive in and let's, let's ask the question, when did you start working for Weatherby and how did that come about? Actually, it was kind of interesting. It was a career day, senior in high school, uh, and I chose Weatherby as a company I'd like to visit and was interested in their manufacturing facility. And at that time, they had retail sales, so I was also interested in that. I had gone to the store many, many times with my father from the early 50s, so I was quite familiar with the company itself. But uh, it was a career day, went up there, spent the day working in the retail store with the retail clerks. They gave me a tour of the shop. At that time, the shop was very small. In fact, I was speaking with some of the kids this afternoon about how small our shop was. Our retail store was 5,000 square feet, but our total manufacturing facility was only 10, including distribution and storage. Wow. And and we know, but where was that? That was Southgate, California, uh, the corner of Firestone and uh, Long Beach Boulevard. The original building. This was the second building. His original building was built uh, basically uh, was a barber shop. That, uh, that he had leased in the very early years. That would have been uh, August of 46. No, 
August 45, excuse me. Yeah. And then uh, he expanded on that uh, a few years later to, uh, to add an additional building. It was, there was a barbershop and a couple of other smaller stores there together. Yeah, we have a and fact that, somewhere that it started with a 25-foot by 70-foot yes, space. Yes, and, and they, they were small little sections, and that was a barbershop to begin with. Wow, uh, and that's where he started in 45. That's correct, August of 45. And then he moved in the second building, which then the, was that, that was in the early 50s. They built that building. It was built to our specs, much like your building here, hmm. although not near as sophisticated as <laughs> you have here. We did have an underground range. Uh, it was uh, 100 yards. Wow. Uh, Even back we shot, Yeah, we shot through a culvert, which was buried in the ground. We had, we had a range house and then a pit house. Well, sure. separate, obviously, the range house we had mufflers and so on, and we would shoot across through a tube across the open floor area into the tube itself, and then went 100 yards, and then if you, to clean that, then you'd have to get, go outside, go down, c crawl down in a hole, and then clean out the lead and put back sand and so on. So pretty so sanitary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in, that re in that respect, that was, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, no, it, uh, big difference in the buildings themselves, but the opportunity, the fact that you have a new facility here, we had a new facility at that time. Well, that's and wild. so you went there for career day. You asked to, to go to Weatherby? I asked to go to Weatherby as career day. Uh, met met senior the, that morning, uh, met the other people in the, in the retail outlet as well as the shop superintendent, and by the afternoon they'd ask me if I would like to work part-time. It was summer, it was about going in, and I said, well, yeah, I'd love to have that. It'd be a great idea. Great summer so, job. Yeah, so I had a summer job working in the retail store uh, in the, basically in the evenings and weekends, uh, and then when I went back to school again the following year, I started college, and they, they kept me on part-time. So I was able to work uh, through my schedules and so on. And didn't actually start working full-time uh, for Weatherby till about mid-62, early 63. So when you, uh, started, full -time. when you started and you were a senior, were you 17 or 18? I was 18. You were 18? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And so then you worked part-time throughout that whole period and yes. then you started full-time? Then I started full-time and they gave me an opportunity to work in, a, in the, basically the tool room parts mm -hmm. department type thing, and I issued tools and so on to start with. And then I did several other jobs. And basically, throughout my career with the company, I've worked in all departments except finance. That was one of my questions, so yeah. you already yeah. answered Okay, so, yeah, no, I was able to work in production. My first 35 years was operations, basically wow. all types. I've, I basically was responsible for warehousing over a period of time, depending on the time frame itself. I've done import, I did the export, uh, basically did full distribution program, wow. including their warehouse. In 1971, we did establish another off-site warehouse permanently. We did have two or three little, small little buildings we kept for a while. Mm. But in 71, we uh, acquired a large facility that we used for storage. Did you, in, in the span of the 57 years, did you ever take a break or say, you know what, maybe, maybe something else is for me? Every time I would do that, they'd give me an opportunity to work somewhere else. That so you kept, tried? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I, I was, you know, I think this is getting kind of boring and a little slow. And I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've done this for a while. What else have you got for me? And so they they'd suggest, well, how about this and this? You know, we'll give you another opportunity. I said, well, that sounds great. So I'd move into that. So no, basically, I I probably wanted to walk several times in in the fact that not not unhappy with the company, yeah. but just that there was no more challenge. Sure. Mm. You know, I, sure. Ne I needed something to keep it alive. You you mastered a lot of jobs here. Uh, I, yeah, I, well, I don't know that I mastered them. I've, I'm responsible for several of them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yeah. So this is a this is an, uh, I think one of maybe potentially the most interesting questions of the discussion would would probably be you have a vast collection of Weatherby rifles. I have. I heard that you have always tried to collect. Correct me if I'm wrong. Number five. That's correct. Serial number five is was my choice, if you want to call it that. It's interesting because people will ask me why did you choose five. Well. Honestly, number one was for senior. Number two was because he wanted to keep it. <laughs> number three was that he, he, might, he might want to keep that one for a while, too. And four, and then number five was available. And I'd go, there was, there was, <laughs> you'd raise your <laughs> Can I have number five? You know, so once yep. it started, it was kind of hard to stop. Now, do you have every number five made? Sure. Not quite every number five made because some of them either got away from me before I was old enough to be able to afford a gun, oh, which sure. in the early years, or we didn't actually produce or release the first hundred. So if they oh. didn't release the first hundred, there was no opportunity. There was no number five that was actually sure. available yes. to purchase. Yes, so, so other than the J.P. Sauer Magnum Five, in the Mark V and the Vanguard family, I don't think I missed any fives at all that were released by model that were, if they were under uh, 100, you know, if they yeah. have to be under 100, we wouldn't do it. They have to be a new serial number sequencing. Sure, sure. You know, the original Vanguard started with V, okay, well, that's fine. But then we didn't have any other serial numbers until we brought out the VL or the, v, the VS or the VX. Well, okay, there's another number five. They brought them out. And so that's kind of the history of the collection. So to say you have hundreds and hundreds, no, because we didn't have that many sure, fives. Sure. But my goal was to collect the fives with the intent to use that money to send my son to college. But, okay. when, but do you still have those rifles now? Yeah, because when it was time for him to go to school, <laughs> I thought, oh, let's, let's come up with another plan. <laughs> so so we chose, I chose a car payment for, for his college education, and I kept my fives. All right. Good deal. <laughs> That's awesome. That is crazy. That's a really great inf yeah. information yeah. as to why the number five was there and, yeah. and yeah. how you started collecting them. Yeah. What is, uh, you know, talking about senior kind of as much as we have been, what is, what's a favorite memory of Roy? The, uh, probably hard to pick some out. It is. It is because, you know, he was always, he was always pretty open with everyone and always very interested in what you had to say and mm. he would listen to you. And, uh, but he was extremely frugal. And I think there's where the, probably the one that stands out in my mind is that he was so frugal that you could be eating your lunch in the lunchroom and, and he would come in and he would turn the lights out. <laughs> and he'd say, well, there's plenty Something of light like coming through the window here. There's no reason for you to have these lights on. And so we, we'd sit there in the dark or whatever. After he'd do that, we'd have to laugh. But he was that way. He would, he would, he would talk about paper clips. I mean, in reference, well, now don't throw that paper clip away. You can use that on another piece of paper later. Yep. So he's very frugal, very frugal. Class likes that. Glass, yeah. But Michael a Glass great guy, a great guy. A lot, he'd, he'd have a lot of funny stories to tell you. What about Ed? Uh, Ed? Ed's always been a great guy. He was much easier to relate to because I didn't feel he was a senior in that reference. Ed, Ed was a little bit younger, so we were kind of on the same plane. Hmm. But uh, Ed was a great guy to work with. He was always very interested in your issues and your situations and very interested in what you had to offer as far as you know, product knowledge and information about what you thought might be good sure. in new product lines. Sure. So I have to do some math here, and you might have to as well. But so when you started, obviously with senior, and then Ed took, when Ed became president, 
how old were you, how long had you been I'm trying to think how how to figure that out well i'm not sure i know the actual year itself sure, but, you, but know. you know i mean i was there in 71 and then ed took over presidency and i'm going to say it was the 80 late late 70s i was thinking but maybe i'm wrong there okay so you were there Things for over don't. a decade probably oh yeah Okay, yeah, yeah, over a decade yeah, yeah. before Ed yeah, took over. Yeah, as, yeah. As Ed, Ed actually used to come into the shop. He, he, Senior would bring him in, and he would bring him out to me, and he'd have me have Ed box ammo or box brass or box whatever, mm -hmm. much like Ed's doing with his children. Sure. So, yeah. Hmm. One thing that um, we realized, we did a, the first yeah. podcast a couple weeks back with Adam and Ed, yeah. and Ed was sitting right where you're sitting, yeah. and we were talking, and we realized in our conversation that you – are the longest Standing. Weatherby employee. The you, longest, you, yes. You worked for Weatherby longer than Roy. Yes. Yeah, that that's pretty amazing. Crazy. Yeah. yeah but, you, but you have to remember that's a generational thing. And when I went to work, I thought I went to work for the company. And that meant basically forever. As long sure. as you did a good, sure. a good job. Sure. You had to you know, pull your weight, if you want to say it that yeah. way. So, no, it, uh, it's interesting that uh, the, the generational thought patterns are different, mm -hmm. but that's basically it. When I went to work, there were people there that had already been there 10, 15 years. I mean, hmm. for, for later in my life, when I was maybe 25 years old, there were people that had already been there almost 30 years. That's wild. Mm. Yeah, so I grew up with the fact that, you know, oh, gee, I started in 55, and I started whatever, whoever it was. So that was just natural. Hmm. So you watched along those lines. You watched Adam Weatherby grow up. Oh yes, yeah. In fact, you remember a time where there was no Adam Weatherby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do. In that reference, yes. Yep. Yeah. And do I remember right? One of Adam's first jobs in the company was basically shadowing you. Yes. Well, I mean, he we worked together at that time. That was uh, at the closure of the retail outlet from the Southern California facility, and so Adam uh, and I worked together to dispose of what remaining inventory had been transferred from Southern California to the Atascadero facility at that time. So we were on the phones together, selling leftover, you know, handguns, rifles, whatever it be, not just whether we brought it, but our entire retail store inventory uh, over the phone to various. Uh, FFL dealers all over the U.S. So, yeah, we were together for some, some time. You know, it's going to probably never be the case again where we have somebody on the podcast, potentially, that can tell us this. But we, you keep talking about different facilities. Yes. And we've not, on this yet, gone through that. Do you think we could walk through that real quick? Sure. So we kind of already talked about those first couple barber shops. Yes, the first facility, the, which was basically from the August 45 period through, uh, well, probably late 50, early 51, when the new store was opened. Hmm. Uh, In which Southgate. Was, yes, still Southgate, just Jeez. around the corner. Uh, the original building was on Long Beach Boulevard. It would be Long Beach and Firestone. Well, he opened up the new facility on Firestone Boulevard at Long Beach. In 51. In 51. And that's where you originally went in for career day. Uh, well, it would have been. That facility was my career day, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And was. so from there, that was 51. So where, where did we next? go from there? Okay, from that facility, we had off-site warehouses uh, that we used with very s small ones, and then the reference to the 16,000 square foot building that we leased, or leased to begin with, and then actually purchased uh, in early 70s, was a roller skating rink built in 1939. I used to roller skate in the building before it was no abandoned. Way. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we uh, 
leased and then for, bought that, 16,000 square foot, hardwood floors. Uh, we set in racking, much like you have here at this facility yeah. or we have at the other facility. And uh, basically, it was about two miles from the main facility on Firestone. Uh, it was on Atlantic. So we would have to run inventory to and from. Now, we shipped some from that warehouse, but any inventory that needed service work or whatever would have to be trucked to the uh, facility on Firestone. Okay, so that was in the 70s. Uh, that was all through the 70s, basically all through the 80s, and into the early 90s, we retained that building. Uh, and then we sold that building as well as the main facility uh, in 90, last 94, early 95, after we relocated to the Atascadero facility, uh, which we occupied for about 10 years or thereabouts, and then we relocated from that facility to the uh, facility in Paso Robles. And what year was, do you know what year we went from a, a, ta a Atascadero? A a yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of guess. Sure. I, I, I would think that that probably was somewhere around 2008 or 9. Moved to Paso. Moved to Paso. And yes. then obviously this year we moved, 2019 we moved to Sheridan, Wyoming. Yes. I've, I've always been curious about how it happened in the industry. And if, if you remember the Pittman-Robinson Act and federal excise tax coming into play. I do not specifically remember it. Okay. I don't even know the year it, that it would have come in. I know that it was all part, definitely part of our expenses, you know, a very sure. important aspect of, as far as, you know, accumulating the, the tax re the revenue required. Mm -hmm. But no, I do not require, recall the year. Do, uh, I believe it's 68. 68. See that? Well, if that was the case, then that was the beginning of all ATF mm -hmm. documentation because mm -hmm. 68 was firearms regulations. Also. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Luke, See, for people that don't know what you're referring to, can we give a brief yeah, description? Yeah, so Pittman-Robinson Act, basically uh, every firearm, ammunition, and archery equipment that's sold. Specific, yeah, there's specific some that's to not. Bows. There's some yeah, that's I don't under 12, 12 and under. Yeah. Um, basically, a, there's a federal excise tax, so 10% ish depends on the product line but mm -hmm. roughly 10 percent of yeah. every product sold gets paid by the manufacturer at the first significant transfer so that funds national forest all the lands the public lands that we all get to enjoy mm -hmm. we get some, some of it is funded yeah a, a large a portion yeah a good portion is funded. yeah which a lot of people don't realize that companies deal with that yep as manufacturers and also importers would deal with that right depending on the product that they're that they're yeah. making yeah but anyways i just wanted to throw that context mm -hmm. in there but um, this is a tough question, I think, as well. But how many, you know, you think about all the models that you've seen come through. Do you have any idea through all your, you know, maybe this is more, more recently with your, your job that you've been doing for the past while with the custom, custom sales. Mm -hmm. But do you got any idea of how many potentially rifles that you were kind of a part of developing or, or doing custom specific rifles? I mean, you think it's in the... I think it's in the, the well, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. I think it would be a tough question to answer because it, in, in addition to what you've just asked me, many years ago I was asked how many products has Weatherby produced over its life at that time. Oh, geez. Yeah, I went back and I evaluated that and I came up with a number, but I don't recall what it is. I probably have the notes somewhere yeah, sure. that we had, but they had asked and it, it was, you know, yeah. millions and millions and millions of guns, even as small a company as we are. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, but as far as being personally involved, 
Quite frankly, Senior was very open to allowing all of us as employees to contribute to ideas and thoughts and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that goes all the way back to the uh, early, early periods uh, when I started, uh, you know, as early as maybe mid fifth or excuse me, mid 60s, we would have opportunities for stock designs, ideas on wood. Uh, one of my first jobs after the tool crib or the parts department was I did all the hand selecting of all the custom stocks. I would go upstairs and I would look at the pre-turned and decide based on the customer's requirements, whatever his pull length was, uh, if he was gonna have custom with engraving or inlays, I would pick the wood based on whether I could use an inlay on a specific piece of wood to basically cover up maybe a, a knot sure. or a flaw. Right. Uh, the uh, mesquite, for example. Any piece of mesquite's always gonna have a football-shaped defect. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. well, can you put an inlay over that? Can you hide it? Right. Okay. So I would pick wood on all of our custom guns in that period just to see what I could do, you know, in the best way. Maybe you had a piece of wood that might have a sap wood through the grip area. Well, you knew you could always kind of come in and color it a little bit, so you'd pick that one hmm. right. to do whatever. Yeah. So, but, so I've always had some influence in sure. some of the product development yeah. designs. Yeah. Yeah, well. But how many units? Oh, my you goodness. You got no idea. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we have a segment here that we do. It's called the Weatherby Top 10. But this time we're going to change it up a little bit, and we're going to call it the Weatherby Top 5. The Weatherby Top 5. Five easy questions. Okay. Short, um, short format answers. Short format okay. answers, and we'll keep moving forward. Okay. Number one, where were you born? Los Angeles, California. How many Weatherby products do you personally own? Probably 45, 50. Wow. Historical person you could take on an adventure? Anybody? Hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah. I'm not so sure I wouldn't be interested in taking uh, Mr. Weatherby. Yeah? Senior. Yeah. Cool. Obviously, yeah. he was... <laughs> He, he did many more things than I did, but I think it would be exciting. Yeah, yeah. sure. No doubt. Uh, name a hobby you have outside of the outdoor space or this industry. Uh, antique automobiles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's expound on that a little bit. Yeah, let's unpack that. <laughs> what, like, uh, d dive in. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, my dad was interested in cars, and uh, my first car, I was 12 years old. He gave me a 1930 Excuse me, 1916 Model T Roadster and told me to tear it apart. And my job was to tear it up, classify the car parts, and then we sold the parts. Really? No uh, kidding. How old? Twelve. <laughs> wow, that's intense. <laughs> okay. That's wild. Yeah. So yeah. since then you've always, and he, he had an interest in He, he was interested in those, and my dad was in the aircraft industry all before oh. the war and after the war. And so, so he had business, he had warehouses, and so there was always places to store cars. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and for the last one, favorite rifle for Weatherby that you worked on or developed? Got one? Something that comes to mind that you're like, man, that was a sweet one. Well, there's <laughs> there's quite a few, to be honest. I yeah. don't, you know, obviously it's going to be in the Mark V family. Sure. Whether it's a specific model, I'm not sure how to zero into that. Yeah, yeah. The Mark V was, was part of our product line before 
my entry into the uh, business itself, but the development of various models over the years, uh, any, anything that, uh, that we would do that would make it unique. In the early years, it was more customized. Was, you know, beauty, looks, inlays, sure. whatever. Yeah. Later on, it was more functional. You know, how light can you make it? What can you do to this? So probably both of those areas, I feel that I was part of the development. Sure. Uh, the further development of the custom guns, special checkering and engraving and so on. Yeah. As well as fluted barrels, lightweight stocks. You know, we, we have to remember that Ed introduced some of the uh, earliest composite stocks to our industry in the early yeah. 80s. He spoke about that in yeah. the first, yes. first podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were already yeah. into that. Yeah. Did you happen to be in the area when Ed tells us a story about how he went to, to Roy Sr. and was like, hey, I want to do some fiberglass stocks or, or that there was a team in general that mm -hmm. kind of pitched that idea yeah, and yeah. that Roy was like... Oh, he was furious. <laughs> he was, oh, yeah. No, that was... No, no one would want plastic stocks. Right. He didn't oh, like yeah. it. Yeah, oh, no. Do you remember no. having any... Do you remember that time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, like, he was not in yeah. irate? Like... Oh, not necessarily irate, but he could get pretty... Fired puffed, up. You know, fired up about it. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, many things he could get fired up. He was... He was, he was very congenial and kind in one manner, but he could get fired up real business. quick. Business. Yeah, sure. it, absolutely. It's his sure. business. His name's on it. Yep. So, yeah. and at that point, you know, Weatherby's were all very classic. Oh, yes. Very I mean, that, that wooden, high gloss. High gloss, inlays. wood, nice, fancy this, you know, gold plate. I mean, you've seen some of the early, early stuff, plating and so on. Yeah. What about um, one of the, this is another tough one. So we're hitting you with some tough ones, but maybe a greatest accomplishment. Do you think you have something that you're just like, man, I'm really, really proud of what I did in, in this instance? Well, I think I've basically been proud of many things that I've done over the years, but I think, uh, you know, our entry into the custom, expanded custom line with, with the more modern lightweight features, some of the stuff that you guys are even doing now, you know, is stuff that mm -hmm. we dreamed of in the early years, you know, the... Uh, Careful what you say right here, because some stuff that we just showed you is not fully public. <laughs> okay, well then I can't say anything. <laughs> but no, the idea sure. is that you know any, anything that kind of brought the industry forward was uh, really important yeah. to me, and I think it was. Yeah. You know, part of the part of the cartridge development. There are many cartridges that uh, I think I was part of the development That's of that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, some of which you know you have not basically announced as yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, for sure. Yeah. The teasers. Yeah, yeah. and I like. I, I personally just think, you know, you talk about generational stuff, but even even you know, you're just talking about 57 years being at Weatherby, mm -hmm. and I mean, I, I think about that because I am a younger generation person, and I just think it's absolutely amazing, and yeah. I and I I love it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic, and I think everyone here does. Yeah. It, and I think anybody that cool. hears the story yeah. is just like, okay. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah. that's this, amazing. This has been a real treat just to get to talk mm -hmm. to you and 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 re record it and sure. broadcast it yeah. to to the the Weatherby family out mm -hmm. there. And um, there's it's rare that we get some we get stumped on something. One of the the <laughs> biggest problems with the whole transition from California to Wyoming is, oh, is our sure. tribal knowledge that was lost. Mm -hmm. And you had so much of it. And so often we're like, you know, who knows the answer to this? Dean. Dean. Yeah. Dean's got it. Well, I'd love to share it with you. And, yeah, and, and tell the, you. in the time that we got to overlap, I mean, I was only in California for a couple of weeks, but we talked on the phone quite a bit when mm -hmm. I was back at the, my home then in mm -hmm. Arkansas when I worked remote for a little while. And we spent a lot of time on the phone. You spent a lot of time with our new sales guys. Oh, yeah. Getting yeah. them up to speed, customer service, 
everything. And um, I just think that it's really, really awesome. For sure. And thanks yeah, again sure. for, for coming to the grand opening. Oh, no, it was a pleasure. For tomorrow, we're very excited. And, and for sitting down and talking with us and giving us a little snippet of inside, inside the vault Mm-hmm. of Dean yeah. Rumbaugh. Yeah. So yeah. we're really, really grateful. Yeah. And I know everybody here is excited to spend tomorrow with you. And thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Really exciting.